turn your Bibles, if you have your hard copy Bibles <clears throat> or soft copy on your phone tablets on Psalm 124, this whole month we are uh, going through some selected passages in the Psalms of Ascent. The Psalms of Ascent, not Accent. <laughs> Psalms of Ascent. And I will give bits and pieces of why this is called Psalms of Ascent later on. Uh, we started last Sunday, Psalm 121, and uh, today is Psalm 124. <clears throat> so one of the things I want to do in, uh, in my spare time, especially when I was uh, a little younger, is to... Uh, to binge on TV series before Netflix. <laughs> uh, and there's this particular TV series, sitcom, that I, uh, I enjoyed. I followed through nine seasons. Uh, I will not mention the name <laughs> of the TV series, but uh, the, the, one of the running gags of this uh, sitcom, there are a bunch of friends, uh, not friends, by the way, not friends, <laughs> not friends. It's a bunch of friends, maybe early, mid-30s. Tapos, this, there's this running gag Now, when they have a friend who's going astray or being addicted to something, they have this running gag uh, called intervention. Parang alam niyo na yung so intervention, so they actually have this whole thing, they, they, they overdo it. They have poster of, uh, you know, a poster of intervention, and um, they will line up, and they will wait for their friend to come in, and they will say, hey, we love you, uh, but uh, this is the thing that, you know, that's causing you harm. Uh, you, need to, you need to turn away from it. Uh, it does not always end well. It does not always end well. There was a time that they need to do intervention because they're doing too much intervention. <laughs> they need to intervene with their intervention. It does not end well because, you know, in reality, um, there can be problems with our interventions. Have you experienced being, you know, being part of an intervention? Maybe with your friends? Maybe you didn't have a poster that says intervention, but you, you sat down with your friend and said, bro, I need to tell you something. This is, this is really bad. You need, to, you need to wake up. Uh, I was at Heroes Church in the morning, and I remember we actually did an intervention with someone, lovingly and jokingly, actually. Uh, we, bought, uh, we went to a, uh, a church member's house, we bought pizza. He came in. Naka, uh, the pizza boxes are aligned, three boxes. And when he, when he opens the boxes one by one, there's a statement that says, Inter intervention. Uh, it was a joke. It's lovingly done, but we were half serious because we wanted to intervene with uh, this person's decisions. Uh, I'm not sure if he... Um, the person, <laughs> if, if, he, if he took the, 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 the intervention. But yeah, 
Um, there, there's always a prob uh, it's always problematic to do interventions because one, uh, you're not sure if the motivation is correct, right? Motivation can be faulty. You're trying to intervene uh, with someone because you're angry. You're trying to intervene because you want, you want to feel better about yourself by pointing out his faults, his or her, her faults. Sometimes the reason, uh, the, the result uh, with your intervention is up in the air. You're not sure if the person will, will agree or will comply or, or will ever change. Sometimes the response is varied. Top two responses, you know, your friend will tell you, thank you for intervening. Thank you for uh, helping me out. Thank you for pointing my blind side. Thank you for, you know, loving me enough to, to confront me. But most of the time, they, maybe they will not say it. But in our minds, we will say, mind your own business. Right? Mind your own business. This is my life. But let me point to us to a psalm that's quite different in its response. One that is of thankfulness, honesty. This is a very honest uh, psalm. One that is of humility and one that is of praise. So I said this is a psalm of ascent. This is one of the songs this is a collected uh, a number of songs that the, the Jewish people, Israelites, use when they are on their pilgrimage to Jerusalem. So when they go up to the temple for their uh, Feast of the Tabernacles, Day of Atonement, or they're going to their pilgrimage, they have these songs that they sing along the way. So basically, it's your road trip song. You know, when it's on your playlist, on your Spotify, you have Psalms of Ascent. And these Psalms of Ascent uh, address specific issues in their lives. It's a specific uh, time in their history where they experience something where this Psalm is saying. And today, what I hope for us to realize and to have with this Psalm is to have a greater appreciation of what divine intervention is. Let's have a greater appreciation of what divine intervention and not just a, you know, a blanket statement, something that, you know, that we use, maybe say, sometimes we hear it, in, we see it in the movies, we hear it uh, with people when we say, you know, the universe is against me, the universe is telling me this. But let's have, a, you know, a more um, biblical way of appreciating it and see Number one, the reason behind the Lord intervening in our affairs. Okay? Let's find out the reason why the Lord intervenes in our affairs. Two is, ano yung result? What's the result that the, the intervention of the Lord brings? And three is the appropriate response to it. Alright? So if you're taking down notes, that's the outline already. The reason behind it, the results that it brings and the appropriate response to divine intervention. So let me read. And as I read, I hope that you will capture the emotion. Again, this is a song, this is a poetry, and there's, it's infused with emotion. And I hope that you will catch that as I read. 
Psalm 124. <clears throat> if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when the people rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us up alive when their anger was kindled against us. Then the flood would have swept us away. The torrent would have gone over us. Then over us would have gone the raging waters. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us a spray to their teeth. We have escaped like a bird. From the snare of the fowlers, the snare is broken, and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Let's just pause and ask the Lord's help as we study the scripture. Lord, we thank you that we have this psalm to, to connect with our souls, to connect with what's happening in our lives. And, and I pray, Lord God, that you will help me as I speak your word. Help us, Lord God, to, to receive it with, with open hearts and open minds and clearly see the gospel in this message. We need your help. Holy Spirit, speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. So again, three things. The reason behind the Lord's intervention, the result it brings, and the appropriate response to his intervention. Let's go to the first one. What's the reason behind the Lord intervening in our affairs? What's the reason behind it? Why would he do that? Pakailamero lang ba si God? You know, before we answer that, we need to first understand why God has to intervene in the first place. Why God has to intervene in the first place. Just looking back at this passage again in five verses, you know, if, you're, if you do coding, if you do um, you know, mathematical equations, you will see the, the language here. If, then. If, then. If not for the Lord who was on our side, ito ang mangyayari. If not for the Lord who was on our side, ito ang mangyayari. And look at the description how the psalm, the psalm, the psalm of David is forcing us to imagine the kind of scenario that they are in. He is saying, this is the, you know, imagine the scenario that we are in if God is not on your side. Can you think of a time in your life where you said, Buti na lang. Dude, that was close. Can you think of a time that's just like that? There was a, I think a couple years ago, driving through North uh, Expressway, uh, I was driving, uh, because it's Expressway, 100 kil. 100 kilometers per hour and just driving through a straight line and from afar I saw uh, a tire <laughs> that's rolling in, like fast like going in, in, in front of me and it almost hit the car it almost hit the car maybe just a few 
feet away. It was a, maybe it was a loose tire from a truck that went ahead of me. It, it, maybe it broke away and uh, it rolled and it, it could hit anyone. Buti na lang, I stayed on my lane. Can you think of a time that's like that in your life? Buti na lang. You know, David here, this is a Psalm of David. He is saying, think very seriously about the consequences if God leaves us on our own. Think very seriously if God leaves you to your devices. This is the picture. Your, the people will swallow you alive. Your enemies will be like a flood that will overwhelm you. There is a need for the Lord to intervene because the danger we face is real. The danger we face is imminent. It's very near. The danger we face is overwhelming to the point that you cannot do anything about it anymore. And there are so many instances in the history of, of God's people where they are desperate, in need of external help. You know, David knows this very well. He's surrounded by enemies left and right. Israelites know this very well. When Joshua is about to uh, conquer Canaan and needs to fight more than 20 kings. But nothing more intense than the time when they are about to escape from the Egyptians through the Red Sea. The Red Sea is in front of them. They cannot bring everything through the Red Sea. They didn't have boats. There are chariots and Egyptians behind them that's about to kill every single one of them. And let's go there real quick in, in Exodus 14.10. Exodus 14.10. When Pharaoh got closer, let's show the slide. When Pharaoh got closer, the Israelites looked up and, they, and there were Egyptians marching after them, and they were, what's their reaction? They panicked. They panicked. The Israelites cried, cried out to the Lord, and they said to Moses, Dahil ba walang libingan para sa amin sa Egypt, kaya dinila mo kama dito? Dahil ba... Is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die here in the desert? What in the world have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Isn't this what we told you in Egypt? Anong sabi nila? Anong sabi nila? Leave us alone. Leave us alone so that we can serve the Egyptians because it is better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die here in the desert. You know what they're saying? Mind your own business. Don't interfere. Don't intervene. Mind your own business. We are better off. 
Here's what Moses said to the people. Moses said to the people, Do not fear. Stand firm. See the salvation of the Lord that He will provide for you today. For the Egyptians that you see today, this is a promise, you will never ever see them again. The Lord will fight for you and you can be still. Let me paraphrase that. Don't be afraid. The Lord will intervene. He is on your side. Don't be afraid. The Lord will intervene. He is on your side. And that's the key phrase here to understand the reason behind God intervening on our affairs. Because the Lord is on our side. Why would the Lord be on the side of the Israelites? Why would He be on the side of the Israelites? Is He just taking the side of the underdog? The one who's helpless? You know, we, we Filipinos love a good underdog story, right? We want someone that's beaten down but rises up and, and, and wins, right? That's, that's why we love FPJ. Are there any... Uh, so indulge me for a second. I'm going to use an NBA illustration. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> any Raptors fan here? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Sige, everyone will take the communion next, uh, next <laughs> So for years now, if you've been following you know, the NBA, for years now, the Golden State Warriors is the team to beat, right? They're the team to beat. In fact, right now, the NBA Finals, the whole of Canada wants to, uh, to see the Warriors lose, Right? And maybe 90% of America, the, the U.S., wants the Warriors to lose as well. In fact, in one of the interviews, one of the players, Raymond Green, answered this. Uh, he was asked, oh, everyone wants you to lose. Sabi ni Draymond Green, of course, we, we beat all their teams. That's how confident he is. Kumbaga, you know, Golden State, Golden State Warriors is the dragon to slay. For, for years now. And the Raptors, the Toronto Raptors, is the underdog. So, if we, if we go through that thinking that God is on the side of the underdog, then does that mean God is on the side of the Raptors? Elder Toy, this I will not mention NBA maybe four to five sermons just to make up for this. But yesterday, yesterday, if we are saying the Raptors is the underdog, therefore God will be on the side of the underdog. Yesterday, the Raptors won. They are up three to one. They're one win away from the NBA championship. That means the underdog now is the Warriors, right? So if we are saying that God is on the side of the underdogs, does that mean God will now be on the side of the warriors? 
Hopefully. <laughs> Sorry, hindi ko mapigilan talaga. You know, that's, that, that's a kind of thinking when we just say the Lord is on the side of those who are helpless, those who are in need of help, those who are, you know, the underdogs. So let's resolve this. And if that is, you know, a poor, um, poor statement, poor logic, let's try to resolve it. What's the basis of him intervening on behalf of the Israelites? You know, the basis why the Lord takes the side of Israel is not because they are the underdogs in the story. It's not because they are the helpless people. In fact, there are other helpless people at that time. It's not even because they are good. It's not even because they are faithful. The Lord intervenes for them because God made a covenant with them. That's what it means to say the Lord is on my side. God chose to commit himself in the form of a covenant. He made a covenant to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, and to these stubborn, stiff-necked, easily distracted people. And because he is a covenant-keeping God, he will always be true to his promise. That's the basis why he is intervening for them. Because of that covenant. I will be your God. You will be my people. I will bless you. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. That's the basis why he intervenes. You know, this reason reminds us that we are in a desperate need for divine intervention. When we, when we sense in our situations that we are trapped, Red Sea in front, enemies at the back, we need help. But this also assures us that because God committed himself to us, he will always pull through in times of need. He is our very help, very present help in times of need. So we can claim that the Lord is on our side and because of that, He will intervene. But let me give just a, you know, a soft caution there because we might overdo it when we say the Lord is on my side. We need to warn ourselves because that's a dangerous statement as well. Because what happens if you are on the side of a righteous God and your life is full of sin? Also, you know, the Lord being on our side does not mean God will be our personal avenger anytime we need Him. Because sometimes, the one that needs correcting, the one that needs intervening is us. Yes, the Lord is always on our side, but it's not, the opposite is not true. We are not always on the side of the Lord. 
our hearts lead astray. But because God is a covenant-keeping God, He will remain true to His promise. He will remain true to His covenant. And this is the first point. The reason why God intervenes for us is because He has committed, He has promised Himself through a covenant to be on our side. What's the result? What's the result of God intervening? Here's the result. Let me read the New Living Translation, verse 6 and 7. Praise the Lord who did not let their teeth tear us apart. We escaped like a bird from a hunter's trap. The trap is bro broken and we are free. Let me identify three results here if you're taking down notes. Th these are the three results. Result number one, the Lord protects us from danger. That's the sermon that we heard last Sunday. He protects us from danger. But He not only protects us from danger, He's not just, you know, stopping the flood. He's not just keeping the enemies away. He's removing us from danger. You know, number one, He's protecting us from danger. Number two, He's removing us from danger. But number three, He is dealing with the source of danger he is not allowing the people the the enemies to tear them apart God allowed them to escape and he breaks the trap he breaks the trap the source of danger you know our human interventions and even morality can claim one or two of those things. Our human intervention can protect us from danger, can, can, can you know, push us away from harm, but it can never deal with the source of danger. Our morality can only bring us to a place where we are far from harm, but it can never deal with the source of danger. Let me give a, you know, a, an example. If someone struggles with alcohol, say, if someone struggles with alcohol addiction, morality and human intervention will, will give you the tools, will give you the tips and the habits to stay away from alcohol, right? Those are good things. Morality will lead you to seek professional help, to connect with Alcoholics Anonymous, to, to find a friend and to, to check on you. Those are good things. Those are, you know, protecting you from harm and keeping you away from danger, but it will not deal with the source of danger. Divine intervention deals with it by changing our hearts. You know, that's where divine intervention, that's the beauty of God intervening because He starts from inside out and not outside in. He starts by changing our, our hearts, our heart that longs to, to seek for satisfaction outside of God. 
and gives us a heart that longs for God, that says, you know, Lord, the reason why I'm longing for these things for temporary pleasure because I thought this would give me the, the joy that only you can give. But only the Lord intervening can do that. So he changes our hearts, then he gives us the Holy Spirit that enables us to grow in discipline, that shows us you know, a, a spirit that longs for God, and will remind us of our identity and will keep us away from danger. That's the kind of result that only divine intervention can bring. You know, again, David knows this story too well. He experienced God protecting him from danger. He experienced God remove, uh, removing him away from danger and God dealing with the source of danger. There was a time in his life where King Saul was pursuing him. If you're looking for a reference of 1 Samuel chapter 21 onwards, David is being pursued by King Saul, and, and King Saul is pursuing him for one purpose. What's that, that purpose? To destroy him, to kill him. So there was a time that Saul caught up with David. Hinahabul na siya. Hinahabul na ni King Saul si David. And the Lord intervened. And a soldier uh, approached King Saul and said, Look, the Philistines are out there. Let's, out to this, let's out, uh, go out and destroy them. So while pursuing David, they backtracked and pursued the Philistines as well. The Lord protected David, removed him away from harm, but a few chapters after, God dealt with the source of that danger by destroying soul. You know, there's another result that, that we do not see in these verses. We are seeing the results that, that has impact in our lives, but there's one result that we do not mention here. The result is this. The Lord is glorified. The Lord is glorified when, when He intervenes in our lives. You know why? Because He, it always shows that He is right. It will show that He is right. You know, if the Lord protects us from danger, removes us from harm, deals with the source of danger, then we can depend on Him when He intervenes. But again, this does not mean he will intervene according to our terms or expectations. In fact, in most cases, it's the opposite. We're expecting, Lord, could you intervene on my behalf? Could you destroy this person? Could you, could you do something about my job? But the Lord will intervene because... In any other way, he will be glorified. He will be glorified. We have this passage that says, God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ever ask or imagine. You can say, you know, you can paraphrase that as well by saying, God can intervene exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could ever ask 
or imagine. That's the result of God intervening in our lives. The last point. If divine intervention removes us from danger and deals with the source of danger, how do we respond to it? How do we respond to it? What's the appropriate response when we, when we experience the intervention of God in our lives? Let me give three responses to this. I'll, I'll read I'll read 6, 7, and 8. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us a spray to their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the snares of the fowlers. The snare is broken. We have escaped. Verse 8 says, Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Three responses here. One is praise. We praise the Lord. The second is we proclaim this new reality that we experience. And the third is that we put our trust in Him, in our Lord. Praise, pro praising Him, proclaiming a new reality, and putting our trust in the Lord. You know, because the Lord intervened on our behalf, He deserves the honor, right? The, and the world needs to hear it, and we boast about it. Psalm 34 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. And Apostle Paul in the New Testament in, in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, 8 to 9, 8, chapter 8, verse 9, you know, Paul was praying to the Lord, Lord, could you intervene in my life? I've been experiencing this thorn in the flesh. I've been praying three times. This is how the Lord answered. He said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. That, my friends, is Christian boasting. Christian boasting. It's, it's a contradictory term. It's ironic for us to be proud of something and say that we are weak. To, to boast of something and say, this is not me. To, to talk about something, and, and when, say, when people say, you're talking about your good God, eh, hindi ka naman good. Christian boasting will, will say, that's true. I'm not good. Which is why God is so gracious. That's Christian boasting. That's the kind of response that people will do when they experience the divine inter intervention in their lives. We do not only praise, we proclaim a new reality. We, we are not just proclaiming the excellencies of God, we are also proclaiming our identity, 
The psalmist is saying, you are free. The trap is broken. We are free. You know, in our gatherings, that's, that's something that we need to remind ourselves of. That, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we experience, you know, the pool of sin in our lives that causes us to feel being entrapped again, being enslaved again by sin. But when we gather together, we remind ourselves of our Redeemer. We call each other, you are free, brother. You are free, sister. We proclaim that outside and we proclaim that inside. If the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. That's what the psalmist is saying here. That's what Paul is saying to the Galatians. We praise, we proclaim, but we also put our trust in the Lord. That's verse 8. You know, the, the concept here is it brings us again to humility and thankfulness. But there's a new thing here. Actually, we've heard of this passage already in Psalm 121. If you remember, Psalm 121 says, My help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. There's something different that you see here. Ano yun? What do you see that's different in this passage? Our help. Our help is in the name of the Lord. You know, when we put our trust in the Lord who intervenes on our behalf, there is a community component here. We need to encourage one another, our help is in the name of the Lord. You don't have to be on your own. You don't have to do this on your own. Our help is in the name of the Lord. And so that's why King David, here in, when he wrote the psalm, is saying, if not for the Lord, sing with me. If not for the Lord is on our side, this is our life. Blessed be the Lord. Our help is in the name of the Lord. You know, if that is true, you might be saying, or you're, you're, maybe your uh, atheist friend, your secular friend, or someone in the office would say, do you, you know, if your God really intervenes for your life, if God really intervenes in history, how come terrible things still happen in the world? If God really intervenes, how come Yolanda happened? If God really intervenes, how come so-and-so is in the position uh, in, in public office? If God really intervenes, bakit why, is there, why are there laws that's contradictory to what He says is right? And we can bring it down to personal matters. If God really intervenes, why did my mother die of cancer? If God really intervenes, why did that happen to my brother? If God really intervenes, why is this happening to me? And to be honest, I want to know the answer as well. Like, like to have a, a big grand answer to all of us. 
But it's a question that will forever be discussed by people. But I have a, you know, I have a, a certain answer to that kind of question. If we talk about you know, pointing to specific history, even whether personal or world history, where we see the problem of the world is unresolved, there is also a specific point in history where the misery of the world and the intervention of God intersected. And that's the cross. You know, the cross is the greatest expression of divine intervention. The cross is the greatest expression of divine intervention. You know, the cross is where the power of God and the problems of the world intersect. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14 says, Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, he likewise shared in their humanity so that through death he could destroy the one who holds the power of death. That is the devil. And set free those who were held in slavery all their lives by their fear of death. You know, in Jesus, God intervened in human misery. When the danger is overwhelming, when the danger is real, when the danger is something that no one can ever deal with. God intervened through Christ, not because we're the underdogs, not even because we are going to be good when He saved us. God intervened through Christ because He committed Himself to us, to Moses, to Abraham, and even in the garden, God made a promise that through Eve a seed, she will bear a seed that will crush the head of the serpent. And when Christ intervened, He protected us from danger, He removed us from that harm, and he dealt with the source of danger, which is sin and death. And the appropriate response to what Christ has done is to put our trust in him, to proclaim a new reality that he brings. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. And also to give him the praise and honor he truly deserves. Brothers and sisters, when we think of times that we do not see God intervening in our lives, look to the cross. When we are unsure if God will intervene on our behalf on something seem seemingly overwhelming in our lives, look to the cross. And see that if God did that, everything else is easy for Him. And this is the view of Apostle Paul, which is why he said, I am pressed but not crushed, persecuted, not abandoned. I'm struck down but not destroyed. I see what I have is a treasure in jars of clay 
And even if I am perishing, I consider all these things light and momentarily compared to the glory of the gospel. Because he knows that Christ has intervened in his life on that road to Damascus. God intervened in his life when he is about to destroy Christianity and Christ intervened. When you are not sure if the Lord is on your side, look to the cross, brothers and sisters. Because that's where we see God's intervention complete. Let me just give some practical applications on how you know, we can appreciate further the Lord's intervention. Number one is in our prayer time. In our prayer how do we end our prayers? How do we end our prayers? Thank you. <laughs> In Jesus' name. Do you know why we do that? Did someone tell you to do it? Or you just heard maybe the pastor, the worship leader, your parents did it, so you're doing it as well? And, you know, growing up, I thought that's the magic word. <laughs> that when you say that, your prayers will be answered. You know, when we see, you know, the Lord's intervention in this perspective, it will enrich our prayers and even that phrase in Jesus' name. It will not just be a phrase to close your prayer. It will be a phrase of trust. It will be a phrase of thankfulness for what He has done on the cross and hopeful for what He will do in the future. When you say, in Jesus' name, let's revel in it. Let every letter, every phrase, every word of that phrase means something that I pray all these things in Jesus name which means I completely trust you with this prayer Lord that you will intervene on my behalf maybe the way you intervene is not what I expect and not what I want but it will bring you glory so I pray all these things in Jesus name second way you know, I hope that we as a church, even as families, you know, can develop a, a culture of Christian intervention. A culture of intervention. You know, it's not, it's not something that we're so used to, uh, especially mga Pinoy. We're, we're, we're so bad at confronting sin. We're so bad at confronting, you know, uh, when we see someone... Er um, Sinning, we turn away, right? Because we don't like confrontation. But I hope that we will, we will develop a culture. We can start slow. I hope that we will develop a culture of Christian intervention. To start slow, there, here's what you can do. Remind them of the danger that we are all in. Remind people whom you know who are sinning of the danger 
we are all in. We are all in. Not just them, all of us, if not for the Lord. And if they realize that we are all in the same boat, they will say, you are right, brother. We need help. But we don't stop there. Christian intervention will lead to the cross. Remind them of the cross. Remind them of the gospel. And so I hope that we will say to each other, you know, the most loving thing that we can do is to tell a brother or a sister, brother, I love you so much, I don't want you to keep sinning like this. So prayer and Christian intervention, some applications for us to appreciate further what it means to, to see in our lives divine intervention. Let me just add one quick thing with regards to prayer. Sometimes when we pray, and this is good for those who, who keep track of their prayer, prayers in a prayer journal, Maybe you can be sensitive where the Lord is intervening in your life through your prayer journals. Maybe when you, you're praying for this thing, prayer for, uh, praying for this thing, like you see in a month how the Lord is answering that. Maybe He's answering not in a way that you expect, but He is moving through your prayers. And connected with that, just a quick application, when we give praise to the Lord, when we give testimony, let's do it the way this psalmist did it. Let's do it the way Psalm 34 did it. I am boasting of your great, greatness, Lord God, not mine. I'm boasting of what you have done uh, for my life, and my contribution there is I'm the subject of your rescue. That's it. And let's bring him all the glory. Let's pray. Lord, we, we come before you recognizing that you can cause all things to work together for good to those who love you and are called according to your purpose. We recognize, Lord God, that you are intervening in the lives of people here. We may not see it, we may not experience it, obviously, but we know, Lord God, you are at work. Lord, we acknowledge our desperate need of you. If not for you, we will not have a worship service. If not for you, we don't have any songs to sing. If not for you giving breath to us in the morning, we will not be alive. If not for you, Lord God, we are helpless. And so we acknowledge not only our need for you, we confess to you our sin. That we have forgotten that you are moving in our lives. 
we have forgotten to value your intervention on the cross for us. We don't value our salvation, Lord God, because we forgot the danger we are in apart from you. And so we are at a loss and we need your help, God. And so thank you, Lord, because you stepped in. Not just at the moment of our need, but you have planned it every single time. Lord, we thank you because only you can bring results in this intervention in our lives. To protect us from danger, to remove us from harm, but deal with the source of danger. And sometimes that source is our hearts. And we thank you that you have changed our hearts because of Jesus. Lord, I pray that we will respond accordingly to the kind of rescue that we receive from you. That we will receive and we will respond in praise. Praise that says it's all about you, Lord God. It's all about what you have done for this wretched person. For this forgetful person. For this sick man. But we also ask, Lord God, that you will grant us the boldness to proclaim the reality that we are in. We are free. We are free because you have set us free. And I pray, Lord God, that we will be a church that encourages one another. We have help, and our help is in the name of the Lord. Lord, we have that specific name, and that name is Jesus. Our prayer, Lord God, is when we pray, we put our trust in Him every single time. We, we are thankful for what He has done on the cross and hopeful for what He will do in the future. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.